USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do you hear that? Hear what? I'm receiving some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? It's some sort of message and music. Music? Route it through the main system. Good idea. Routing now. Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Affair. I like that Wookie. Bringing you news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. I just assumed it's a Wookie. Let's get out of here. Ready for light speed? One, two, three. And now your host, Ken, Eric, and Mike. <laughs> to the holiday season uh sorry i had to do it guys hey, i've always liked that song this is from the album christmas in the stars which is the first known recording with john bon jovich aka john bon jovi on the album um that's just because his uncle was a producer it was hey he hasn't done too bad himself otherwise yeah i suppose he's had one or two albums that have actually done something yeah he's had a couple hits just he might have had a song or two i might have heard maybe an arena football team um yeah so in that holiday season thanksgiving's over christmas is coming up can only mean one thing it's star wars season rogue one's right around the corner yes so um i'm excited uh my family we have plans to go december 22nd to see it one i just don't want to get caught up in opening weekend madness uh, see i actually got um it only took me about 45 minutes to get my tickets and i was so i was up until um like one or twelve forty-five or so when i actually when i went to bed when i got my tickets we got at the preview night but the theater around here is reserved seating extra wide powered recliners so I was able to actually um, get, I don't have to go super early. I can show up 20 minutes before the movie starts and get right in and have a seat. That's, that's the beauty of uh, me living in a small town. We have, uh, usually I should be able to get in without any problems to see the movie yeah. on opening weekend. Yeah. Well, for us, opening weekend, especially since that's the day before school lets out for a winter break, it's going to be nuts at the theater here. Yeah. Um, but with my daughter being out of school the next week, and I'm usually, and I'm off that Wednesday, Thursday, and my wife's off that Thursday. It's like, oh, we're going to get up, eat breakfast, put on our best Star Wars t-shirts, <laughs> and go to the first show of the day. Kick back, relax. And the goal is, if you guys ever do it in the future, I know reserve seating is kind of hard. Always try and sit two-thirds the way back in the theater, slightly off-center, either off-center left, off-center right. The reason why I say that is when they mix this in the mixing rooms, 
they might be in a room the same size as, as most theater or your average theater, and they put the console two-thirds of the way back. One, so it's easier to see the screen. And yeah. two, that's where they mix for the most optimal sound. I mean, the most optimal sounds at that point, because that's where everything is being mixed from. Interesting. Well, it's weird. I'm going to a Cinemark theater, and they have the XD, which is their version of IMAX. And um, it's they did the same thing for Doctor Strange. It's weird, because they're, they've only got two XD showings. One of them is in 2D, one's in 3D, and the 3D showing is a late showing. It's a little just... I, I find it a little strange, because in XD, 3D actually usually does make a difference. Yeah, well, I'll be seeing it at a Regal. So okay, uh, unless unless we go to a Cinemark, uh, there's a Cinemark near us. Um, I'm just it's it's going to depend. See, I have to look to see if I can get t- if if we really need to look into buying tickets now. But the Thursday after, I think we should be okay. I have uh, I have Christmas week off for vacation, so I might have to try to get down to the IMAX theater. One That's of those well, yeah. Days. There's I have one IMAX theater outside of Cleveland that I'm gonna have to that I think we're gonna make it up to go see it in. Okay. The the one I don't understand is why put Assassin's Creed out the week after Star Wars. I know, right? That's gonna kill your box office for it. Yep. People are stupid. That and also there's that um. Other sci-fi film about the kid who was stuck that um, grew up on Mars. It's opening same day as Rogue One. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they're thrilled about that. You know how that's going to turn out. But then again, they may be looking to lose money on this movie. Depending on, I don't know what studio is putting it out, but now, every once in a while, you need a movie you can write off. Now, if you're talking passenger, was it Passenger? That one I'm actually kind no, of no, excited no, 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 to no, see. No, 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 no. Or is this Arrival? Uh, no, Arrival's Arrival, already passenger, out. There's another one. Okay. Um, passenger, I'm excited. Passenger, I'm excited about. Yeah, that one looks cool. Yeah. See, it, this just goes to prove it, it's not just Star Wars. I mean, it, it is Star Wars, but it's sci-fi in general. That yeah. I, I, Bring it on. I, I love yeah. sci-fi. It's called The Space Between Us. Okay. It's a new one with Aza, Aza Butterfield, the kid who was in um, um, Ender's Game. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But they're opening at the same... That and Will Smith's new movie opens on that day, too. Wow. Who? <laughs> That's what everybody's going to be saying. Is he Is he still relevant at this day and age? I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately. Hey, I liked him in Suicide Squad, but then again... Eh, he was all right. I have not watched it yet. But why don't we go ahead and jump into some movie news and talk about who might be in the upcoming Han Solo film. Well, according to this, these people are confirmed to be in this Han Solo movie. I don't know where they got their info, but some of these characters are like, I have no idea what they're thinking. Um, I know. I have a really bad feeling about this. What is this, comicbookl.com? Or it was is the actual website? Um, eight characters confirmed to appear in the Han Solo spinoff movie from 2018. Now, um, they do put out, the, in the very beginning of this, they do talk about the actual um, rundown of what is happening. Um, we do we know Alden Ehrenreich is playing Han Solo. Um, the script is written by Larry Kasdan, um, and it's being directed by Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Um, we know it's an origin story of sorts for Han Solo. Uh, and it says the writers have indicated that it's going to be like an adventure in a Jones movie based in space. Right. Which kind of works for the character. Yeah. Um, it says the movie is going to bring back many established characters from the original trilogy, along with a slew of new characters, obviously. Now, these are the characters that old and new that have been confirmed for the part for a part in Han Solo's movie. Okay, so um, the first one they have up is Grand Moff Tarkin. Now, if this movie has nothing to do with the Death Star being built, why would it matter if Tarkin... Why would they have Tarkin in it? Tarkin was in charge of the Death Star project. I mean, right. yes, he was, a, um, he was the governor of the Outer Reaches, but Unless they're doing something, and they propose here that um, it may have something to do with Han Solo being the Imperial Academy or being a pilot. Which, 
I've been saying I would love to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I don't see the point of having Tarkin in it. Unless Tarkin well, it has here. So- unless he has something to do with the Academy. Yeah. What well, says here? What they say about Tarkin is only a few people know. Um, only a few people know. But Han Solo, in his younger years, had joined the Imperial Army to be a pilot, which explains his dexterity with the Falcon. Um, bringing in a young Moff Tarkin in his prime would be an interesting plot device for in the story. Grand Moff Tarkin has been an essential character in the Star Wars Rebel series and a formidable presence in the movie. Um, will give gravity to the story. I don't think it's needed, but um, yeah. the next one actually I think is um, a better chance of being in there oh, would be yeah. job of the hut yeah that makes that makes sense mm-hmm. learn about um how han learned to being a smuggler and worked his way up in job in the ranks of java yeah so um the next one number three they have down is maz Kanata, which is a small cameo type thing might be cool to stop in he has to stop in at the watering hole yeah, yeah. it'd be interesting i can see that yeah not as an actual full um reason for or motivation of anything in the movie but just it'd be cool to see that hey he knew her even back then yeah um well and they even say in in uh, episode seven, they've known each other a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it says here, um, one of the things they're talking about is how, um, it, yeah, that they pointed that out here, that in episode seven, it's, depi- it's depicted that they already know each other very well. Um, it says, representing how they would met first and how did she get possession of Luke's lightsaber can help the, us answer many continuity-related questions in the original storyline. Now, Luke's lightsaber will have nothing to do with this. I guarantee it. You can, like, stake my place in this podcast on it because it's wrong timeline. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is an origin of Han Solo. Luke doesn't lose his lightsaber until Han Solo's already been go- around for a while. Yeah. This is true. So, that's another thing that kind of pushes on this on this particular um, story. They're not exactly sure where they're go- what they're doing. The next one is already confirmed. We know Lando's going to be in it. They've already um, cast Lando. Yep. Um, the next one, Boba Fett, could be either way. If they're going to have um, this one and one later on, it'd be nice to see if, they, um, if it's just a cameo thing in the background of Jabba's Palace. It would be like a Boba Fett and um, another character they're going to talk about here in a little bit. That'd be cool. I don't want to see Boba Fett as like a villain in this movie. No. Because if you look at the actual, um, what we've seen of Boba Fett in the TV series and in the movies, there's nothing to say that Han Solo and Boba Fett were enemies. That's all EU stuff. Well, we, when we interviewed, um, when I say we, uh, my original co-host and I interviewed Jeremy Bullock uh, back in 2013, mm-hmm. he he made a comment then of the fact that he, he saw that at one time Boba Fett and Han Solo were possibly friends. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Boba Fett in the episode in um in Empire is doing a job. Right. His yeah. job was to um, collect a bounty. He's a bounty hunter. Well, Han has a pretty big bounty on his head, so he pick, takes him up, takes him to Jabba. Jabba pays well. Now, there's nothing. A lot of people will put Boba as a villain or as a hero, depending on how you're looking at him. He's one of the beautiful things of Star Wars. Is called a gray character. He's not good. He's not evil. He's a man doing a job. That's just, it. That's all it just is. Just no disintegrations this time. Mm-hmm. The next one, I think, is a way outside possibility of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, that's weird. Again, Thrawn, I can only see maybe... Academy side. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But it depends on how far back they go, because as of, um, if he's Grand Admiral, why would he have anything to do with the Academy? And well, how far was... before le- how far before Rebels are we going? Because in Rebels, he's actually in charge of an entire, um, multiple fleets. Yeah. He's almost, he's like Tarkin. They're so far up the chain that why would they have anything to do with the brand new Han Solo is just starting? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. 
So um, next up, number seven is the other one I was talking about with Boba Fett is Greedo. Greedo's another one that if you watch him in um, episode four in A New Hope, he's doing a job. Now he may it looks like he may be having a lot of fun with it. He wants to shoot Han, so something with that that shows a little bit um, of um, uh, where the two of them are kind of against each other a little bit during um, this movie would be interesting. But it's another one that I'd like to see as like a background character, Jabba's or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. The other one is one that um, I'm not. I don't know. This one's called Bria Tharin, and um, according to the article here, she is one of the most significant love interests before Leia showed up in the life of our dashing scoundrel. The character of Bria was developed by A.C. Crispin, who wrote three novels based on Han Solo's origins. And Han and Bria loved each other, um, but then she got into the rebellion and addicted to uh, and addiction issues also cropped up. This also explains Han's or um, Solo's disdain for the rebellion forces. Bria is also one of the reasons um, which developed. Di- or Bria is also one of the reasons which developed differences between Han and Lando. So maybe they actually um, both were in love with the same girl or something. Um, she seems likely an interesting character, and it's good that she's going to be a part of the movie. Now, this is one I don't see them using the character the way she was originally written, but they may use the actual. They may just use the name as a nod to the books. Wasn't Bria also used uh, by Jason Aaron in? Um one in the earlier early stages of Star Wars, the Star Wars comic title. I don't know. Hang on a minute. Let me bring up Wikipedia. Because I I know they I know they um, they introduced a character as his his wife. Yeah, she's still around in the comic. Her name is uh, Sana, I believe. Okay, and, and that's canon too. So. So maybe who we're going to see as, as Bria will actually turn into the character from the comic from the comic instead since the where they're pulling this character from is from the legacy series not right. not the ex- current expanded universe. Yeah. Yeah, that would make more sense to me. So it looks so. like according to this list on our on our count looks like what half the characters are um good possibilities or something we'd like to see. The other half are way out left field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one obviously missing from the list is ha- Chewbacca. For some reason, uh, they never put, they didn't put Chewbacca on this list at all. Maybe they just assumed that was a given. Yeah. But it's still a confirmed character, though. What it is is no one gives the Wookiee any love. How many <laughs> lists do you see that you don't see Chewbacca on? True. They talk about the main characters of Star Wars. You get Han, Luke, and Leia. Chewbacca was in almost as many scenes as Han Solo was. That's right. The droids were there, too. Calm down, Chewie. And he got denied his medal. That's right. Well, See, we hear Wookiee Radio will give all the love to Chewie. Touchy That's subject right. there, Derek. <laughs> I think we're riling up the Wookiee. So, but it looks like there may be about 50%. We'll know more um, as we get into um, January when they actually start filming this. All right. Yeah, because 2018s will now come out. Oh yeah, but let, let's just still get through Rogue One. Yeah, and uh, which actually that's what part of your new story. Your next story has on, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Derek's actually. Oh, Derek's. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Ah, I skipped all down the list. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the original list. No, we're so Derek's got it with this Thanksgiving special that I actually <laughs> worked on. Yeah, uh, we had a little discussion about this. Um, the. Uh, the recent Disney holiday special and the the uh, new trailer that they showed. Well, yeah, <laughs> they're saying it's a new trailer. Hey, they had an exclusive first look. There wasn't that much new in it. Yeah, there wasn't anything new that I know of. Maybe five seconds. Uh, Not so, much. So we have in an article from comicbook.com says when you have a large Thanksgiving audience. Ah, uh, it just scrolled down. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 
I think, the empires onto us. Apparently. Yeah, this was the only... You got it? Yep. Okay. When you have a large Thanksgiving audience... Nope. Son of a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, while you're while you're getting that to work, it's like I watched this entire show to see this um, new footage they're showing. There was nothing there. Yeah, you said you were extremely disappointed. Yeah, if you're gonna show um, tout that it's exclusive first look, then you need to put something on there that's actually a first look. Well, like maybe the for a bunch of other trailers. Maybe like a stormtrooper attack. Or yeah, that that was that cool. in the cockpit. Yeah. I still, I still want to see more of that little alien dude that that goes nuts on the on the gun. On the yeah, yeah, that was cool. On that gunship, that would be awesome. But you know, I would still, I still wouldn't mind seeing in Rogue One one of the old Republic gunships. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I would love to see those. Have still got to be around. I've been waiting for them on. Re- I've been waiting for more Clone War vehicles to pop up in Rebels. We'll see too. what it is, though. You're gonna um, if you see it, it'll probably be an Imperial vehicle. Mm-hmm. It'd be a modified newer version of it. So you gotta think those were the clone troopers, which were the early um, storm or the early version of a stormtrooper. Right, but remember in Rebels they talk about how they ditched how the Empire ditched the clones after yeah. after Order sixty six essentially and created their own you know, created the new stormtroopers or brought on the new stormtroopers. Yeah. Especially especially when the inhibitor chip was discovered and they were trying to prevent that from happening. Yeah, but I don't think many clones figured that out. No. Yeah. But get rid of the clones. All no, right. Don't worry about it. We ready to try this again? <laughs> sure. So, Ken, I'm thinking you're disagreeing with the title of this article, which calls it the best trailer yet. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I didn't think it was the best either, but... Yeah. So, from kongbook.com, when you have a large Thanksgiving audience sitting down to watch a wonderful World of Disney holiday special, you might as well put your last blockbuster of the year in front of them in a significant way. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say that either. It was significant. That's what Disney did Thursday night, revealing a new one-minute-long TV spot for Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The one-minute length seemed to work well for them as the video kept the story tight while still focusing more on the relationships of the characters involved, maybe more so than any other trailer has at this point. There's humor, dire stakes, solid character introductions, action, and, yes, Darth Vader. Now, they're saying it was the perfect elevator pitch. I guess that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, the way it was cut together was nice. It's just there was nothing new. Yeah. It also featured by far the most K2SO of any of the footage released so far, which may have simply been from practical limitations. The CGI character who was played in performance capture and voiceover by actor... Alan Tudyk may have just not been ready to show off in entirety yet. Still, he comes off in the two scenes with more personality than we've glimpsed to this point, with a solidly comedic line followed by a moment of pure badassery. (laughs) (laughs) There are even two decidedly Star Wars-y lines back-to-back at the end of the trailer that should evoke some nostalgia for fans and remind them of the original trilogy era that this film directly precedes. So what are your thoughts on that? Gentlemen, uh, I mean, it was an impressive trailer. It was cut nice, but I, I didn't see where it was the spectacular new material that we've already seen. If that was your first trailer that you've seen for the movie, oh yeah, I guess you'd be blown you, away. you could say, yeah, it was yeah. good. But yeah, for those of us who are you know Star Wars fans already, that's not the first one we've seen. Well, I could see there now. 
because um, the wonderful world of Disney Holiday Special, you're going to get a lot of people that are just sitting down to watch all these bands that other people are like, huh, who's this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like me. And it, is it me? Or um, I was at my sister's house the next day, and the kids are watching Disney, and the D- Disney Channel had their um, holiday special thing that night. It tell me it wasn't the same performances, just reused and put it repackaged. <laughs> Probably. It, it was. It was. They do one set of concerts, and they just repackage it and say, okay, this is for the kids now. Oh, let's just wait and see what's going to happen with the Christmas parade, mm. which the Christmas parade was filmed in California, but all the musical numbers were filmed here. <laughs> ah, that's an interesting little tidbit. I don't know how I would have that information. <laughs> I can't. I don't know either. Just like you how, know somebody on the inside, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, just like maybe the whole information of uh, <clears throat> what they're doing to Spaceship Earth on Monday night. Yeah, that wasn't on our rundown. You got to tell us about that. I have known about this for what, <laughs> three, three and a half weeks now. <laughs> it's been driving you nuts, too. Oh, yes, it has. Now, in Spa- case anybody doesn't know, what is Spaceship Earth? Spaceship- now, see has seen this, but it doesn't mean they know what it's called. Spaceship Earth is the big ball at the front of Epcot. Yeah, the giant golf ball. Yeah. Which, which is where I work. Well, not at, in Spaceship Earth. I work at Epcot. But Monday, and you can see this live as it happens because Disney Parks blog will be streaming it. Monday for the one night event, they are transforming Spaceship Earth into the Death Star. That's awesome. That is, yeah. And it's going to be sweet. So 1025 Eastern is when they're going to start this. We expect you to get us a picture, Mike. Oh, yeah, I will. Something exclusive uh, for um, our web pages. Oh, that's the plan. <laughs> that, that's very much the plan, especially since oh, I've man. been sitting on this for, for a while now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, I panicked when I first saw... Um, was it inside the tourist posted on Facebook? I'm like, who leaked it? Because I'm sitting there going, before I even got to the article, I'm like, great. I'm going to get to work. They're going to pull me in going, who did you blab to? <laughs> we said this was an, because they, they were telling no one. I mean, the event has a totally different name to it, just so it could have been kept hush hush from Everyone. They didn't call it Blue Harvest, did they? They did not. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what the name was. But I mean, I knew. I knew from the get go what it was because someone else had said, "Oh yeah, so and so, he's gone to a certain location for a Star Wars Star Wars thing they're gonna do here at Epcot." Oh, okay. And then they said, "Oh, this is gonna be called. Yeah, you know, we have this event, and it's such and such." I'm like, "Oh, that's the Star Wars thing." Um, and then I, I was told, "Don't say anything." But here. <laughs> Here, here's what what's going on. I'm like, you're going to turn Spaceship Earth into the dust. How do you? I said, once I heard what the, that was a Star Wars event, that was the most logical thing you're going to do here, especially with mm-hmm. Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was easy to figure out once once it was talked about. But I'm like, yeah, I've been. Uh... <laughs> and see, they're not going to do it because right now I don't think it's possible. But Disney would be the ones to figure out how to do it to actually fire the super laser. Oh, that would be awesome. Somehow reflect a laser just right. <laughs> They, if they, if they wanted to put a laser on Spaceship Earth that they use from reflections, they could give that look. You have to hide the beam going in, though. You're not going to get the the five beams merged into one to form. 
No. The scene of laser, which in reality would never happen. Yeah. <laughs> in Star Wars, it would. That's right. In Star Wars reality. True. Yeah, Star but, Wars physics. Which beats all, but... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's yeah I, I i'm excited to to see this come down or see see this happen and go down i, I i'm just absolutely stoked yeah it's really cool so but I bet it'll look awesome too mm-hmm. we shall see now i missed i i missed it was it is it the first or second death star it's gonna be the first one nice because well yeah rogue one. Oh yeah that's right yeah <laughs> that would make more sense wouldn't it well, did y'all hear they did announce the um, the release date for the sequel to Rogue One? Okay, <laughs> it's May twenty. Yeah, I heard it. May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven. Ah, okay. <laughs> I may have heard so, that mentioned before. So yeah, it's. Uh, hey, you've heard it. You've heard it first here. Breaking news. <laughs> dun dun. Oh, you had to say breaking news, and I'm not set. <laughs> There we go. So, well, I'm going to continue on with my story. Apparently, there's been secret plans, other secret plans besides the Death Star um, from Lucasfilm about after Episode Nine, all the movies are going to be standalone movies. Well, no, they said there's a possibility they'll be standalone movies. There, only. There's, a, there's a possibility, yeah. And that, they said they're going to look at this in January. And with, and with those, like with Rogue One, they're saying most likely they're not going to have the crawl, which is iconic because that's for the episodics, which mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. But Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, but um, you could think, go back to um, Clone Wars and the Rebels, neither one have had crawls. That's true, yeah. Yeah. And those, those are definitely Star Wars. Yeah, but those are TV, not cinematic. Yeah. Well, the Clone Wars movie. Yeah, but the Clone Wars movie was originally the first two episodes. They yeah. were already done first for TV. Then they yeah. decided, oh, let's let's take the first three episodes and put them put them together as a movie. Mm-hmm. So I always that loved how the Clone because Wars it, did the the uh, Star Troopers like newsreel at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing thing that killed me about the Clone Wars movie is it looked obvious. It was not designed for the big screen. It was designed yeah. for it was designed for TV. It still looked great on the big screen though see, this I really where, liked it this is where I'll disagree I didn't see it on the big screen so I can't comment um, now in this article from Entertainment Weekly uh, they talk about other ma- major changes uh, like for instance Michael Giacchino's music will include slight homages to the iconic original score but everything but most everything we will hear will be original in Rogue One that's gonna be interesting Mm-hmm. Um, well, if it's anything like what we get in that brief clip of Stormtrooper Attack, I, I like it. It's I'm yeah. excited. Well, out um, of the current um, the current class of composers out there, Giacchino is the um, the one that I think they would be closest to the style of a um, John Williams. Yeah, he's admittedly a John Williams fan. Yeah. If if you're not sure at all, check out the um, the soundtrack for um, what was it? Um, the new Jurassic Park Four. Yeah. Because it he uses a little bit of Williams in there, the original Williams score, but it, most of it's brand new, but it fits just right in there with the Williams stuff. Right. Um, so after the release of the new film, the Star Wars Brain Trust will map out the further reaches of the galaxy. Um, of course, 
movies that have been considered, uh, like Boba Fett before Josh Trank went off the deep end and was hired and then fired and whatever. Um, but they're also expressing interest in seeing a Obi-Wan movie, um, which would be cool because McGregor is, is excited about that. But they're saying that might be on hold some as well because he might already be being used to continue the ghost Obi-Wan or the force ghost Obi-Wan in the next two episode films. Um, okay. But when speaking to Kathleen Kennedy, she goes, there are possible movies that we've been talking a lot about, but we're planning to sit down in January since we have, we'll have had force awakens released now rogue one. And we finished shooting episode eight. We have enough information where we can step back a little bit and say, what are we doing? What do we feel is exciting? And what are some things we want to explore? And uh, the story team and the trust and the visual effects team um, will be the ones making the calls. Uh, we always pull in directors and the writers that have been a part of these other three movies. We create pretty much a very collegiate group of people to share ideas. Now, the idea <laughs> for the standalones came from Lucas himself, though, before yeah. handing off the company to, to Walt Disney World or Walt Disney Company. Uh, and the quote from Kennedy with this is, George talked to me about doing this when I first came on board. He had often thought about doing it and had actually written down three or four thoughts or ideas, directions you could go. Obviously, inside the mythology, there were lots of opportunities. So this was the first conversation I had. Uh, to continue on, no, we certainly talked about origin-type stories, but we didn't get into specifics of that. We talked a lot about the Jedi and the foundational ideas that George had thought about when he created the mythology it was sort of spitballing ideas okay so that's where they're thinking on that well the cool thing is you said they're the people making the decision on um what's coming ahead some of the names that are going to be in there because it's the story group they've never said who's in the story group but you're going to have people like pablo hidalgo in there helping with this um leland chi will probably be in there dave filoni is a big member of the story group yeah these are guys that breathe live eat breathe star wars right <clears throat> So, so it's think, like, and it, it's not confirmed, but they're all members of the story group. You know that. Oh yeah. And I think we can feel pretty confident that they're gonna, you know, give us give give us fans what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Like I've said before, this is basically the fun thing is this is Star Wars being made by fans of Star Wars. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the way Episode One was as well, or mm-hmm. not Episode One, Episode Eight. Yeah. Or Seven. God, I can't. Why do you think it felt I like Star Wars that. so much? Right, exactly. <clears throat> These are people who grew up wanting to make movies because they watched Star Wars. Yeah. Yep. So. So, um... So let's continue on it's talking about Thanksgiving and, of course, Christmas parades. Yes, well... So everybody knows where they first... where the first appearance of Boba Fett was, right? The Star Wars holiday special. Well, apparently that is incorrect. Uh, there's a story on Yahoo Movies that says, Sorry, Star Wars fans, you probably missed Boba Fett's very first appearance. No. Oh, yes. It says, as even a casual Star Wars fan knows, the character of Boba Fett made his first film appearance in 1980's Empire Strikes Back. Perhaps the greatest movie of all time. Yes. More devoted Star Wars nerds know that the masked bounty hunter was introduced to the world in a cartoon featurette from 1978's Star Wars Holiday Special. Perhaps one of the worst holiday specials of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we still love it. Yes, we do. No, no there's one worse. There was a uh, a Legends, uh, was it Legends of Superheroes? 
special. Yeah, that was wasn't a too, holiday special. Yeah. No, it wasn't a holiday special, but it was. It was bad. And I still need to see that. I've, it, seen, I've seen parts of it. I've never seen the actual whole thing. It, oh, it, came, it, was, it came out around the holidays, didn't it? I think I don't it know. did, yeah. Or a so. holiday, so. Some, yeah. is, it, is it actually worse than the um, Justice League pilot from the 90s? Yes. 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 The first hour is a roast of a guy, oh, of, yeah. of, a, of a retiring hero, and Ed McMahon oh, is uh-huh. so flipping drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite uh, obvious he's drunk. Yeah, and it just gets worse from there. <laughs> the Green Lantern looks horrible. <laughs> The way he laughs and carries on, and like, oh, as a kid, it was like, oh, cool, this characters we never get to see because it, it had Adam West and Burt Ward and Frank Gorshin, which we yeah. all knew from the '66 Batman. They continued the role, but some of these, I was like, uh, uh, yeah. But at the time, it's like, oh, cool, because you had the Mego dolls for it and everything else. You look back at it now, going, "Why did I like this?" <laughs> but anyway, this is not a DC podcast. That would be Ken's other podcast. So back to Boba Fett. According to the official Star Wars website, Boba Fett actually made his public debut even earlier than the holiday special at a small California parade. Yes, a parade, and they have actually Yahoo has a little film clip that was tweeted out by. Film, film umentaries uh, on Twitter. If you look, his blaster's different. It's not even the finished blaster. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. I'm watching the footage now while we're talking. Uh, wearing a prototype costume, Boba Fett marched alongside Darth Vader in the 1978 San Anselmo County Fair Parade in California, which took place in September of that year. The holiday special would air on television for the first and only time a month later. The man playing Fett was Dwayne Dunham, assistant film editor on Empire Strikes Back. Oh, that's interesting. And Return of the Jedi, who was chosen to wear the suit because it fit him better than it did the other Lucasfilm employees. Yes. Hey, this fits you better. Why don't you wear it? What is it? Ah, don't worry about it. (laughs) In a 2014 interview on StarWars.com, Dunham spoke about that day, which was only covered by the local San Anselmo Press. At the time, the town was home to Lucasfilm headquarters. Ah, that's interesting. Although fans weren't yet familiar with the character, some parade-goers requested autographs, leaving Dunham temporarily flummoxed. <laughs> I remember trying to shoot through, shout through the mask at Star Wars producer Gary Kurtz. Is it one T or two T's? <laughs> Dunham told the website. <laughs> and him saying, I think it's two. <laughs> Understandably, Dunham felt personally invested in the character and said that everyone at Lucasfilm was dismayed to learn about Fett's throwaway death in Jedi. We kind of mounted a protest saying, you can't do that to Boba Fett. He's deserving of more, he said. But they threw him in, and as you know, fans have never let him die. This is true. This is very true. (laughs) That is a great story. I love that. Yeah. But wait, how about this as another awesome story? We're and it's all, once again going back in the Wayback Machine. Yeah. Remember, the sequel takes place May 25th, 1977. <laughs> um, you guys remember the Droids cartoon when it came out? Star Wars Droids from 1985? I certainly oh, yeah. do. I used to. I watched every episode of Ewoks. Droids I didn't get as much into because it just didn't feel as much like Star Wars other than having C-3PO and R2-D2. I watched both of them Droid- every Saturday. Droids was almost a cross between Star Wars and Brave Star. Yeah. Yeah. 
because when Brave Star came on, I'm like, oh, Star Wars. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> apparently, if you watch the episode Caravan of Garbage, um, which you could get on Mr. Sunday Movie's YouTube page, there's a character that spares a very strong resemblance to Ray. Now, droids followed the misadventures of C-3PO and R2-D2 in a time before Star Wars Episode Four. Um... So where exactly does it? This would be cool to find out from Story Group. Where does this fall? Does it fall? It's not canon. It's not. Not uh, at all. It's I in the same it place where um, the Ewoks cartoon and the Ewoks uh, movies are. Middle of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> the garbage can. <laughs> In, in the caravan of, car, of garbage, which is so aptly named with this conversation, <laughs> um, if you if you take a look at the the around the five twenty mark, five minutes twenty seconds in, uh, they come across a mysterious woman under a heavy disguise, surveying alone on a desert planet. Sound familiar? The unmasking scene unfolds similarly to how audiences meet Ray and Force Awakens. Dun. Done. Okay. Um, the hosts then point out that the character is named Kia and that Ray was originally named Kira. So we're talking K E A and then Ray was supposed to be K I R A. Uh, and then on top of that, a future episode of Droids introduces a pirate villain named Kaibo Ren Cha. Cool. Are Kia and Kaibo Ren the inspiration for Ray and Kylo? Or is this just a coincidence? They could be names and ideas that they brought in. They've done that with many other things. Because you got to remember, like we've said before, these are fans making Star Wars. Right. It yeah. could even uh, it could even have been like a subconscious thing where they didn't realize they weren't doing it on purpose. But that might have mm-hmm. been where the ideas came from. But it would still be so cool if that's the way it happened. Yeah, yeah, that would. Well, the cool, th- interesting thing is that Droids made it thirteen episodes. Ewoks actually had two seasons. Yeah. At yeah. least, I think. I so, believe it did. Ewoks took off a lot better than this did. But the Ewoks was a, basically, they took it as a, it wasn't Star Wars, but it was um, more of an animal teddy bear show. Right. Yeah. It was, like, actually, it was almost like Saturday morning cartoons. What's it was almost right. like a Monchi cheese. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, actually, my partner on um, Superpowers, Vernon, his dog is named Nisa after Princess Nisa from the Ewoks cartoon. <laughs> Ewoksy, Ewok walks. <laughs> I used to love that show. I actually have a original animation cell from the Ewoks cartoon. Oh, oh really? cool! If you take a See, look, these on are the, ones. If you take oh, a look on the back wall behind me, uh, let me turn the light on. I don't know if you can see it. See, Lucasfilm before um, back in what the mid two thousands actually released a DVD with selected episodes from Droids yeah. and from Ewoks. Yeah, uh, that's about, something I think they need to revisit and actually put out the complete series. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't. Y'all see it back there? Yeah. You see it, Ken? Uh, not at the moment, but that's just because my computer's doing strange things. Uh, yeah. The video's so not he, coming through. There's well, a lot of that going around. <laughs> well, there, yeah. There was one year they did um, hyperspace. When you signed up or renewed, you got a animation cell from Ewoks. Oh, cool. Some people got a hand or an eye. <laughs> I got lucky and I got a full... I got a really nice print, actually, of of uh, one of the horses, one one of the horses or beast of burden. Yeah, creature. I forget and, what they were called. Um, I I thought I like I said I scored real lucky with that. And when a friend of mine who works for Disney, who used to work for Disney in feature animation, he goes, I asked him, I said, is this legit? Like they say? I mean, it comes with a certificate of authenticity. He looked yeah. at it, he goes, it's this is authentic. 
Cool. Yeah. So it, it goes, this is exactly how we would do it in the, you know, for traditional animation. All the marking, pencil markings are right and everything else. So, yeah. That's, that's cool. definitely my favorite Star Wars piece. See, that's, like I said, that needs to be like a holiday box set thing. They put out droids and Ewoks. Yeah. Well, you could... You can find on YouTube the complete season, the complete seasons of both. Yeah. And if you get something like uh, YouTube Downloader, you could down it, it. will help convert it to to a format where you can watch it on like iTunes or that way you have copies to to take with you on the go. Cool. I forgot so, Paul Dini was one of the writers on that show. Yeah, yeah, which is surprising, which is absolutely surprising. So. Well, how about this? Let's head into to the book corner or the book nooks. Uh, yeah. Because we got some great holiday books coming or some great Star Wars books coming for the holidays um, from DK that you yeah. can get now, which one of these I, I truly would love to get. Um, and then we've also got uh, three, three, three Star Wars titles coming. Mm-hmm. B- before uh, before our next episode. Well, DK Books is known really well for their kids' books. Their coffee table size, mostly their people look at it, oh, these are for kids. The, but when you look at the Star Wars books, it's a totally different thing because they have some awesome coffee table size Star Wars books. Now, they're going to be pricey. Um, I'll give you guys the prices on this, too. But they have three of them that they've chosen as the definitive guides to Star Wars Galaxy for the holiday season this year. They've put out Star Wars year by year, a visual history updated edition. It's um, produced in full collaboration with Lucasfilm and written by um, renowned Star Wars experts. Uh, Star Wars year by year, a visual history updated edition includes a whole new chapter covering Star Wars The Force Awakens, as well as ongoing the ongoing animated series Star Wars Rebels and new Star Wars themed lands coming to Disney World, Florida and California. Now, this one's going to set you back 50 bucks, which is not which is a lot, especially if you already have this book because this is just a revamped version of it the next one they had was star wars complete locations it says with brand new cross-section artwork and and sneak peek behind the scenes pages showing how the intricate artwork is crafted artworks are crafted star wars complete locations is the definitive one volume collection that takes readers inside the world of star wars saga from the key buildings to the iconic battle scenes. And this one's at $35 in hardcover. All three of these are in hardcover right now. The the Complete Locations is a book I really love to get. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I well, the last one's too. not quite out yet, but um, it's you can pre-order it now. It's Star Wars Rogue One, The Ultimate Visual Guide. More than likely, this one will drop um, either the same week or the same day as Rogue One. Uh, because this will have if, spoilers all through it. If anything, it'll, it'll probably drop the, the Tuesday before or the Tuesday after. Mm-hmm. I'm th- I'm thinking probably the Tuesday after because this is going to have spoilers all the way through it. It's the essential comprehensive yeah. guide to Star Wars Rogue One or to Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. This beautifully detailed title features in-depth character profiles, um, plus six newly commissioned and fully annotated, um, where fully annotated cross sections of vehicles and mapped out locations with clear and authoritative text. Um, this book is packed with essential information. So, like I said, this is one they're going to want to put out after the movie drops. Books and Million saying it ships on the 16th. Barnes and Noble says okay. it will be available on the 16th. And uh, and Amazon says it will be available on the 16th. Also, Amazon okay. has each book for like 10 bucks less. Yeah. Oh, cool. 
that might be just a uh, limited time thing. But well, no, it's just it's an Amazon thing because most of the books, if you look at your hardcover prices, then look on Amazon, it's going to be less. Mm. Uh, books a Million has it as well for twenty one sixty. Okay, because the DK has it listed at thirty dollars. So yeah. for the Star Wars fan in your life, give them a new book. Barnes and Noble says at twenty one sixty one. Yeah, I think DK just. Uh, I think that's man rounded up. <laughs> That, that's the suggested retail price because Indie Bound has it listed for $30, but it says individual store prices may vary. Ah. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah, I mean, complete locations would be awesome. Uh, I would almost wish they would very quickly do an update it with um, with the Rogue One. So yeah. I'd rather almost wait for the, this to come out with Rogue One in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the visual history one as well, in which they're talking about you know, the Star Wars lands and, and all that, that that's going to be cool too. Oh, but, yeah. But I'll tell you what I am excited for. Um, apparently... From the last episode we did, there was a, a Star Wars title that was not mentioned because it wasn't listed to us until almost last minute. But the Star Wars annual came out last week. Uh, came out the things came out uh, November thirtieth. Coming out December seventh, we have three books. We have Star Wars Poe Dameron, uh, in which Poe is on a secret mission from General Organa herself to escort none other than C three PO on a dangerous mission to the planet Caddick. Also, a sneak peek into Tarek's past. Could this be setting up the C-3PO one-shot? <laughs> the most expensive free comic book day ever? Oh, could it, please? <laughs> um, the second book coming out on December 7th is Star Wars number 26, written by Jason Aaron. Uh, with one of our rebel crew captured and imprisoned, we turn once more to the journals of Ben Kenobi and a legendary adventure of Jedi Master Yoda. And then, and then finally, written by Karen Gillian, penciler is Kev Walker, Star Wars, Dr. Aphra number one. Nice. Uh, <laughs> because you demanded it, following the blockbuster finale of Darth Vader number 25, the fan favorite character begins a new journey in Star Wars, Dr. Aphra number one. The new ongoing series coming this December. From superstar writer Karen Gillian and fan favorite artist Kev Walker um, comes Marvel's first ongoing series starring an original character created in the comics. Following her time in the clutches of Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra has barely escaped with her life. If he ever learns of her survival, he will hunt her to the ends of the galaxy. But now, it's time for a return to what she does best. With the droids 000 and BT-1 in tow, she's off in search of rare artifacts from the galactic center to the outer rim and everywhere in between. Aphra's got debts to pay off, after all. Just as long as she can stay one step ahead of the Empire, some bounty hunters, and just about everyone else in the galaxy. This, since she is now canon, I would love to see her in a standalone film. Maybe related to... That'd be cool, yeah. Maybe even related to getting the plans for the second Death Star. Yeah. Because she would be in that time period. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of excited about this book. I like her character. Yeah. And, uh... The uh, the writer's great. He's a great writer. Should be good. Kev Walker is amazing too, and his art looks very yes, similar to yep. to what they um to what the art was with her for Vader. Yeah. So, so it's cool. Okay, so they told everything they felt they could tell with Darth Vader, so they could tell this story. 
this is going to be awesome. Yeah. I hope I hope this isn't one of those like they're they're saying with Poe Dameron, twelve issues and done. Yeah. I, I, I want to see this as an actual ongoing. I, I think it could. I mean, since she's got a little Han Solo, a little Indiana Jones, a little whatever with her, um, Doogie Howser. <laughs> I, I say that because Neil Patrick Harris was just here uh, within the last week at Epcot. Um, oh, really? Candlelight Processional. Um, the, this this would be a cool story. Um, just the droids alone are really cool, and the and the Wookiee in it is awesome as well. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Any final thoughts? Well, we didn't talk about Rebels much, but um, that's because someone didn't decide didn't watch Rebels yet for this week. But um, what did you guys think of the week before the Wincathu job? The which one? It's called the Wincathu job. It was the one with Hondo. Oh yeah, I like that. And one. Morgan, how I always I, like seeing Hondo. How to end up two weeks behind? You didn't see that one either. You didn't see that one either? No, because I. I Everything around here was showing, was saying that there was no new episode. Yeah, there was two episodes, one last week and one this week. Yeah. There's only one more new episode, I believe, for this um, half of the season. Oh. Next week is the last episode until um, the break. Okay, so there's Inside Man. That was this. That was tonight's episode. Which right. is a good episode. For next show, we're going to have to actually talk about oh. um, all three of these episodes, I yes, think. Yes, Especially yes. Especially since you've not to. seen it. Yes, we're going to have to, yeah. How did you skip a Hondo episode? <laughs> I know, right? Hondo, one of the greatest <sighs> pirates ever known. If you only knew what Disney's like going into the holiday season. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's Vicky and I have been craziness. talking about this, how um, Hondo's great because Hondo's not on the Rebel side. He's not on the Empire side. Hondo's on Hondo's side. That's right. So if you want to yeah. know what Hondo's going to do, whatever's best for Hondo. <laughs> yeah. How, doggone it. I don't – I can't believe I missed this. I, I, I really can't believe I missed it. Now, I, I did see Iron Squadron, and yeah. I loved oh, yeah. Iron Squadron. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, I feel bad now. I got to turn in my Star (laughs) Wars card. Well, it's all right. You've been really busy, like really busy. So it's understandable. But but I am gonna see Spaceship Earth turned into in, into the Death Star. There you yeah. go. Because that's no moon. That's Spaceship Earth. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so. But, uh, yeah, so next episode, um, which will be our episode right before our last for this year, um, mm-hmm. we, we will recap the three episodes of, of Rebels. Mm-hmm. That way I could get caught up. <laughs> I want to know how are we going to do this next episode with um, without talking Rogue One. Uh, I think I think we talked outside a show that we're going we're going to do Rogue One after yeah after the holidays and just really do a breakdown of the of the movie. Yeah. That way we give all our listeners a a chance to to watch it as well, whether it's watching it for the first time or the twelfth time or the hundredth time. Or I think I did, I think I got seven on Force Awakens. Nice. In the uh, theater? For, in theater, yeah. Nice. I, only four. I only got one. <laughs> well, see, there's a couple theaters around here that are cheap. Ah, yeah. So yeah. first run movies at like five dollars. Wow. Oh, nice. We have we have one theater like that, but it shows older movies. I uh, directly around me. No, I don't have anything like that. Matinee, ten dollars uh, and something cents for a matinee. For a matinee. Wow, our matinees are like six bucks. It's Regal Cinemas. Uh, but I could go to AMC and try and get tickets for Fork and Dine, pay almost <laughs> 20 bucks a ticket, but it does come where you can order food and they'll bring the food to you during the movie. Is it yeah, good food? Cool. Uh, it's supposedly pretty decent. That's at uh, some point I'd love to get out to an Alamo Draft House. 
I don't know if we have one here. There's not one anywhere near me. I think Chicago is the closest one to me. We have a we have a movie dinner place. It's called Chunkies in my area. I'm trying to see if I can find what my AMC has. So that can be a warning ahead of time to our listeners that we may, when we cover Rogue One, there will probably be some spoilers. But we're also saying, too, unlike other Star Wars podcasts, we're actually going to give you the holiday break. Because we only record twice a month. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to give everyone the holiday break. Cause so I you won't have be, time to watch it. Because I won't be seeing it until after we do the recording, or the next recording anyway, myself. So, um theaters oh come on give me the information on orlando daytona beach disney springs with dine-in there we go um the dine-in th- this is this is kind of cool um oh this one in kalamazoo too alamo draft house kalamazoo is only like four hours yeah um, i'm not driving four hours just to watch a movie though <laughs> i was gonna say that still seems like a long haul it's star wars i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> The dine-in seatside service, the perfect way to experience dinner in a movie. Reserve your seat and enjoy a made-from-scratch menu prepared by our chefs plus a full bar. Just push the service button at your seat to order. Although that seems like it might be a little annoying, having waiters rocking around. The- uh, they're usually pretty discreet about it. Oh, that's good. Hey, and, the, and the menu... Um, the menu is kind of cool. You have stuff like boneless wings, nachos, uh, crispy Brussels sprouts, loaded tots, pretzel bites, wedge lettuce cups, big bite sampler, uh, sushi rolls, buttermilk, um, buttermilk biscuit poppers, house fries. Uh, you have flatbreads, uh, bowls, a different type of bowls, whether it's quinoa or um, chicken, like a Southwest chicken deal or gumbo mac. Ooh, the gumbo mac sounds good. Mm. I have to remember that. Roasted shrimp. Roasted shrimp, smoked andouille sausage, aged jack cheese, sweet bell peppers, and Creole spice. God, I want to go there to see the movie now. Yeah. Have a little gumbo mac watching a little Rogue One. Uh, sorry, I'm drooling here, folks. Um, <laughs> favorite, favorites, like Southern style chicken tenders, fish and chips, crispy shrimp, uh, quesadillas, taco trio. Uh, you got burgers, salads, sweets. Um, yeah, I mean, all this is kind of... And pricing's not too bad, because, like, the Gumbo Mac, it's 12 bucks. Oh, that's not that's bad cool. at all. And, and they're decent portions. The burgers are 12 bucks. You have the Royale. Um, with cheese? <laughs> <laughs> not with cheese. I'm sure you could probably get it extra. But, ooh, I didn't see this before. These are six-ounce burgers made from a custom blend of ground chuck and brisket, served on a toasted brioche bun with a side of fries. Upgrade all burgers to bison for three bucks. Ooh, I love bison. Cool. I love, oh, I'm right there with you. I, I experienced bison when I was in, when I was a kid, when we went to the big scout ranch, Boy Scout Ranch out in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I have fallen in love with bison ever since. Mm. If it's on the menu and we can afford it, I get it. Yeah, even that's at, the problem, though. It's expensive. Even at Smoky Bones, I will order it. And the last time, it's like, ugh. But I still got it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, that's that's my AMC, where dine-in in the theater. They, call it, they used to call it Fork and Dine. Now, I think they just call it dine-in. So... Um, but yeah, I think that wraps it up for us, doesn't it? I think so. Oh, after seeing what you had, I had to go out and pick him up too. I got the Boba Fett from um, Pop Final from Walgreens. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. I need it's the prototype, all white. I, w- I want the Adat driver. He was oh, th- yeah. he was there. I was just this is the one I wanted. 
the, there's a long story behind how ADAT becomes such the ADATs became such a important has ended up becoming a favorite character of mine a vehicle okay. and uh, when shortly after I started working at Disney I was trying to create my own company before creating Weeby Geeks um, started a company called Eagle Moon Productions which is the production company you know when people ask me what's the production co-? you know what do you do for Weeby Geeks well production side of things would be Eagle Productions Incorporated my other business um, but uh, like you know if, if you want to advertise on the show you know we'll talk if you need us to record the voice ads, I would direct you to talk to me through Eagle Moon Productions. That's my production company. Cool. Um, I was picking up this Alesis. They, it was something they did way back when. Uh, it was called the Studio in a Box. And it was a mixer. It was uh, some outboard gear. And then it had its media format to record to is what's called an ADAT machine, analog digital tape. And uh, it's an eight-track unit. Well, my wife thought I kept saying ADAT, not when I was saying ADAT. <laughs> so that became a joke. And then shortly after I got it, that Christmas, she bought me the, the Micro Machines ADAT. <laughs> oh, cool. And it, it's been an ongoing thing and i love the ad at it's such a cool cool thing there is a video oh now i gotta find this video it's it's a rogue one spoof video rogue yeah one rebels i think it's called secret weapon see if i can find this um why do i keep spelling it wrong um it's a spoof of all the trailers oh it's on facebook i know that give me a second rogue one Ah, here we go. So you guys are going to like this. But the, it, it's, yeah, it, it was cute when I saw it. And, and I will describe it as you guys are watching it. Hey, Geeks Are Sexy, one of my favorite sites. <laughs> Never heard of it. It's a good site. I like it. Yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. It, it. It's a it's a good site for, for resources. So you, you, you see actual trailer footage. And then all of a sudden you see this green thing, this green orb. And this machine comes down, grabs it. And throws it like those little f- chuckets that you play with your dog with, and the adats. The, the the clip I saw, I didn't realize there was a whole two minute and twenty three second video. The one I saw, the brief clip, was the first one where the adats are like dogs, and they go chasing after this ball, which you come find out is like an oversized thermal detonator. <laughs> and it was just so cool. I just fell in love with it. So that's that. That's my final thought. Is it's called Rogue Wa W H A with a question mark. So. Um, if that's going to wrap it up for us this week, that's all I have. That's yeah, all I that's have. about it. Then there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>